news. <laughs> Fuck, I fucked that up. Uh, welcome to a new edition of Late Night Lycanthrope Nightmares. I am your co-host, Kyle Martin. And I am Alden Roth. And Kyle's drinking beer. And we got beers, and we got movie reviews, and I've been drinking all day, and we watched Akira, and it was pretty mind-blowing. And if you didn't hear at the top of the hour, we now have a name for this podcast. Yo! So, After ten or so movie reviews, we finally have a who name. Who the hell knows? But yeah, I mean, if you've been listening along, I'm sure you've heard Kyle buzz in at the beginning and be like, this is blah blah blah, and yeah, we talk about not having <laughs> a name. This is still the unnamed podcast for yeah. movie review of Kyle and Alden. <laughs> so, just ignore our incompetence to come up with a name for the last three, four, five, six months. So, how I came up with this name was, um, I was in North Carolina all last week, and I was, uh, I, I mean, I didn't have to do anything, and I was kind of, like, trapped inside because it was, like, hurricaning, because this is during Hurricane Florence. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably been, like, over, like, two months ago or whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I was stuck inside, basically, all day, and I couldn't go anywhere, So, but it was great because what I wanted to do when I was down there was just kind of, like, have, like, a writing purge. So, basically, all I did when I was down in North Carolina was... I just wrote, and I just took care of, like, my, the animals, and I took care of, like, all the stuff around the house, and all I, and what I did in my spare time was just write, and so I would just go for hours and hours with just, like, writing, and I would just kind of, like, get lost in it, and I would kind of, like, lose all concept of time, and, um, because with my sleep schedule is just so fucking weird, where I can just, like, I can wake up at, like, 9 a.m. and then just, like, write until, like, 4 a.m. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then just, like, pass crazy, out. Man. Yeah, dude, it, it's been nuts. Like, to, like um, the other day, I, I got off work at 3 a.m. I went to bed at 4 a.m. And I woke up at, like, 9 a.m. So it's just been, like, it's really weird. And um, But anyway, I, I, was, I was writing. I was having, like, one of these, like, writing purges, and, and I just stopped when I couldn't, like, write anymore, and I, like, went into the living room, and I had the TV on, just as, like, kind of, like, background noise, you know, um, and so I sit down, and I see the, um, I had it on, like, the Stars Network, like, the Encore Stars Network, and I see that the Wolfman is on, and it's, like, this is, it's, like, 1 a.m. at this point, and I'm just, like, oh, man, I haven't seen this movie in forever since, like, I was a kid, so I was, like, man, and, but I love werewolves, like, werewolves are, like, my favorite kind of, like, universal, like, monster uh, movies like I, I think Lon Chay Jr. is the master actor, you know, and American Werewolf in London is like one of my favorite films. But and so I was like, oh man, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna like watch this movie, you know. And I I, I watched it and I kind of I went on this Instagram kind of like rant about like how werewolves are like underrated and how how amazing they are and like and um so I just sat down and watched this movie and I was just like, man, and and a uh, uh, a term for werewolf is lycanthrope. And in some point in that night, I came up with, like, late-night lycanthrope, and I was like, man, that kind of, like, rolls off the tongue really well, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, but I need, like, another N, you know? I need another word that starts with N that, like, can, that kind of goes with it, you know? And I couldn't come up with it at all, and I was, and when I came back to Pittsburgh, I was hanging out with Alden, and I was just like, I have this really cool name, because I'm thinking about doing a a YouTube review. Not thinking, you are gonna. I'm gonna do it, yeah, I'm gonna do it. By the time you hear this, he's already started. By the time you probably are hearing this, I've probably done all of it, actually. Um, But uh, I'm doing a a 31 days of Halloween movie review, so every day, 
I'm going to post a YouTube review of a horror movie that I like. So starting from October 1st to October to October October 31st, I'll post a YouTube review of a horror movie that I like. Please tell me Halloween Town. Please tell me Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Oh my God, definitely, dude. Okay. Yeah, that'll that'll be there. No, cool, totally, cool, dude. Cool. I have to buy it off of Amazon, but yeah, that'll totally be on yeah. there. Because I grew up on that movie, dude. Yeah. And those, that's the thing, man. Like, Disney, like, during that time when we were growing up, they just made the weirdest shit. Like, that, oh, yeah. and like, um, Don't Look Under the Bed. Do you remember that? No, I never saw that. That movie fucking disturbed the shit out of me when I was, like, ten. And But, like, they they would never get away with that nowadays. Like, oh, the yeah, Bob yeah. Eager era. Like, the Michael Eisner area of, of Disney. Like, he didn't give a fucking shit, man, what they put out. He was just like... Whatever, man. You're, I'm making money. Like, I don't give a shit. And so they made the weirdest shit. Like, when they opened up um, uh, Hollywood Studios, they had, like, the Tower of Terror. Like, you would never get away with that. Like, a Twilight Zone horror uh, roller coaster. Never do that. Aerosmith roller coaster. You'd never do that now with a Bob Eager area. It's so, like, kid-friendly and, like, family-friendly and, like, superhero-centric. Like, you would never think about doing that nowadays. That's the thing about the people like to shit on Michael Eisner because he was just like, like he he basically saved Disney from <laughs> being like sold off, you know? Because like um, in the eighties, Disney's like Disney was like literally about they were about to sell off their uh, amusement park and their licensing um, uh, uh, attractions, if you if you'll say, and. Um, and just solely focus on being a cartoon slash movie studio. And because of like in the seven, like the sixties and seventies, like Disney was in a bad rut. And like in the beginning of the eighties, uh, Roy Disney was brought back in and he was like, we need a president. Uh, they brought in Michael Eisner, who was the head of Paramount studios. And he had recently just gotten fired and he became, and he was hired to be the president of Disney. And he turned that studio around, dude. And he, from the early 80s until 2006 he served as CEO as Disney and he turned that fucking place around towards the end like the late 90s early 2000s is when he started kind of like falling out especially with the uh, release of uh, Euro Disney which was a huge disaster that's when they were just like alright we gotta get rid of this guy and that's when Bob Eager took over Okay, and then Bob Eager uh, was basically like he, he's not like Bob Eager's not like a visionary of like originality, but he was like the guy that was just like, okay, we're gonna buy Marvel, yeah, and we're gonna buy Star Wars, okay, you know, and that's why that's why Disney has become the conglomerate of basically everything yeah. now is because of Bob Eager. So he's not uh, he's not as creative as Michael Eisner or Walt Disney, but he's a very smart businessman, you know, okay. and he, I mean Disney will last forever because of Bob Eager, you know. But anyway, other than is Disney now, we'll all be working for Disney at this point. They they bought 20th Century Fox right now, you know, and by 2020 they'll basically have control of all the superhero genre. Yeah, which is that's crazy for the foreseeable future. That is all we're gonna have, you know. know. It's insane, dude. Um, which which ties into Akira. Superheroes tie into Akira. Before we get into Akira, let me throw one out there that maybe our uh, our listening audience have. Hopefully, too. Um, yeah. You, you and me listening back. Yeah. <laughs> me listening to be like, do I sound like an asshole? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so when I was a kid, ABC Family had a lot of good horror movies on. 
Yeah. And there's one that I remember. ABC vividly. Family doesn't even exist anymore. It it's now not. freeform. It's freeform. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. But no, there was this one horror film that I remember vividly, but I can't for the life of me find it. I've tried to Google it. I've tried asking people, so maybe you'll know, or maybe, maybe somebody. I don't know the name of it, but and and really the only thing I can remember is that like the horror villain aspect that it was this kid who got burned alive in the kiln at school. And it's it, he he's like he's like creepy looking. You don't really get a good look at him. And there's one shot I remember of him like standing on a porch and vanishing. Yes, I remember watching this movie. Yeah, I was really young. Yeah, it was um, like when we were like four or five, probably. Yeah. And like the great thing about when we were like growing up, <laughs> especially like during that ABC Family like and Disney Channel era. Yeah. Was just like our generation of parents like just didn't give a shit. About it. It, it, if you're watching TV, they didn't really pay attention. Yeah, especially with my parents, they were just like sit in front of the TV, pay attention because I'm done dealing with you. You know, dude. <laughs> dude I saw point. it on ABC Family. I did too. I remember the first time I saw it. I was, um, I was, I was at a sleepover. Uh, my best friend, he lived directly across from me, and. Um, I would sleep over at his house, and he would sleep over at my house all the time. Like, every weekend, we would sleep yeah, over yeah. at one another houses. And I remember, it was around October, I was sleeping over at his house, and he had, like, this living room, and he had one of those, like, great, like, those old, like, you know, wood box set TVs, you know, oh, yeah, with, yeah. like, the channels on the side, the channel knobs on the side. It was amazing. And I remember just, like, sitting in front of his TV, and he was just like, okay, we got, um, it's either, like, it. Or with some other, like, some other, like, kid movie, and we're just, I remember the box set of it, and with, with, uh, Tim Curry as Pennywise, just, like, kind of, like, in the corner, you know, like, coming out of, like, the, the, the white paint of it, and it was just, that fucked me up in general, too, but I was just like, what the fuck is this, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I remember he was just like, this movie's on, let's just watch it, you know? And I remember watching it, and the distinct... Uh, scene I remember that really fucked me up was when um, they're look they're it's the kid storyline and they're all they have like this book in front of them and they're looking at the book and it's like a dairy's history and the book starts like flipping pages and it stops and it's on this one page of like this it, it shows a picture of the street and the picture starts coming alive and all the people start moving and yeah. they're walking down the street and then Pennywise comes around the corner and he's like dancing across the street and then he stops and he looks towards the where the kids are looking at the picture and he start, and he has that growl. You remember that scene where he's like, yeah. and then he just jumps through the picture. He's like, I'll kill you all. I'm gonna kill you all. Blah, blah, blah. And then he like he's like through the picture and he's like looking at the kids and the kids are terrified, terrified, and he just like sucks back in the picture. That fucked me up, yeah. dude. That's when I was watching the movie. I was just like, this is too fucking much, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I gotta like back the fuck out right now. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> I remember, like, I stopped watching after that. But it was that scene alone gave me nightmares. Dude. Was like, I should have just kept watching because then I would have yeah. saw that they defeated him right, eventually. Right, right, right. But because I stopped, I was just like, they never they never beat him. They all died. Yeah, they all fucking died. You know, he actually killed them, you know? So yeah. um, that scene really fucked me up. But, like, ABC Family used to just show that weird, just fucked up shit, you know? Yeah. Like, it, like, it was just like, this is Disney, you know? Like, what the fuck? 
But I remember that movie that you're talking about, but I, I literally can't name it for the life yeah. of me. That That's like some... Is it Mr. Boggity? It's not Mr. Boggity, no. I don't know. Oh, man, damn. Yeah, we'll have to look it up, and, and or maybe hopefully somebody listening yeah. can find it. But That's a weird one. It, that's like Disney used to, like... He used to release, like, all those weird, like, Disney Channel movies around October. You know, you'd have, like, Halloween Town, and then you'd have, like, Don't Look Under the Bed. And it was just, like, it, it, it was, like, it, edgy enough when you were a kid, when you were just, yeah. like, this is spooky, and, like, this is terrifying. Yeah. But now it's, like, I mean, if we watch it for the first time now as, like, adults, you know, you'd just be, like, this is just, like, you know, campy as hell, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. but because, like, you saw it, when you were a kid, you have that nostalgia factor for it, and just like it doesn't really age. Oh yeah, but, but that's the thing is, I, like, I want to find this movie and go back. And, like, is it gonna be the same? Oh God, no, I don't think it would be like the same. No, but but like, because you have like such a a feeling towards it, yeah, you would still. I don't think those feelings go away about it. Yeah. You would still be no, like, this is creepy as hell. Yeah, but I'm not scared by it. You know? Sure. I just wonder, like, will it hold up as a good movie? I'm not, like... God, I don't, I don't think Halloween Town would hold up as a good movie. You don't think so? I don't think so, no. Not even for the nostalgia factor? I think because of the nostalgia factor, I'll always think about that movie fondly. Yeah. But as a movie in whole, you know, it's just like, no. I don't think it, it doesn't hold up. What about a, My Mom's Date with a Vampire? Dude, I fucking love My Mom's Date with a Vampire, yeah. dude. Oh my god! I have to, I have to, I have to go back with that one too. Um, I remember, I remember because um, one of my favorite things to watch during Halloween is um, uh, the Ichabod Crane uh, Sleepy Hollow uh, cartoon. Oh, dude, you have you have to watch this. Um, So there's there's this. uh, uh, I'm so the movie is called The Adventures of Ichabod and Mister Toad. And the history behind this is, is this was made during like the forty during World War Two, and okay. so all the animators were drafted to go to fight the Nazis. Yeah, and so Disney didn't have animators to make full length movies okay. at the point, so they, they would take these pre made cartoons and package them together hmm. and then put them out into theaters. Okay, and so they had uh, these two basically short cartoons. Uh, the uh, Mr. Toad and uh, Sleepy Hollow, and they packaged them together, and they would put them out, and they put them out during huh. uh, into theaters. And so, uh, so, and it has always been that way, even till today. You can't buy one without the other. Hmm. So you have uh, the Mr. Toad uh, story, which comes in the first like forty minutes of the movie, and then you have Sleepy Hollow, which is the Ichabod Crane storyline from forty minutes until the end. Okay. It's about like an hour and a half long. Um, the Mr. Toad short film cartoon, you can literally skip over. Like, I watched it when I was young, and I was just like, this is cool. Actually, fun fact, the n- last night when I was bartending, this guy that I was uh, that was at the bar looks like Mr. Toad. Because <laughs> uh, I was thinking it when I was serving. I was like, who the fuck does this guy look like? Yeah. And I was just like... This guy looks like motherfucking Mr. Toad. <laughs> so she, he had like the whole like uh, toad face and shit. I was like, this guy looks like Mr. Toad. But yeah, it does. <laughs> so, but um, but anyway, you can skip that. And then, but the Sleepy Hollow storyline of um, of Ichabod Crane is 
still holds up. It's narrated by Bing Crosby. Oh, interesting. And dude, it's so fucking good. He he narrates it and he sings all the songs in it, hmm. and it is it it holds up to this day. And it just has this feeling of like October and like Halloween and everything. It's amazing, dude. Okay, I still watch that every every Halloween. I watch that 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 short. But um, but anyway, um. Getting to the movie that we that we have Akira. watched, Akira. Akira. So this is my first time watching this movie. Mine as well. And we watched it at Row House Cinema in Lawrenceville. Get up Lawrenceville, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sponsor us. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a crazy Japanese film from the eighties. Yeah, from like eighty seven. Yeah, I believe. Let me let me let me uh, do some. IMDb being here. If you real are quick. if you are fam- familiar at all with uh, Japanese anime, in the long in the future form, you're yeah. probably thinking about uh, how Miyazaki and and all of that that crew. Mm-hmm. But this is not eighty eight. This at was all. made nineteen eighty eight. I thought it was yeah. It's the thirtieth anniversary restoration. Yep. yep, yep, yep. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, this is not at all uh, how Miyazaki production. See, I I I have. So I, I grew up in we grew up in the two thousands. Basically, we're born in yeah. the nineties, but really we grew up in the two thousands. Yeah, you yeah. know. And um, you remember Toonami? Toonami, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toonami on Cartoon Network. So yeah. that was like really prominent when we were like right. growing up. That was like in the heyday of like anime. They imported the Cartoon Network imported all of these yeah. anime uh, cartoons from Japan. They got dubbed in English. And dubbed in English. And so I remember watching Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Zoids. No. You didn't watch Zoids? Nah. Dude, Zoids was my shit. Okay. I okay. would I would do a live action uh, movie of Zoids in a heartbeat, yeah. dude. Because it is fucking amazing. You could do so much with it. Um, Zatch Bell was mine. I didn't watch that. No? Oh, man. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, yeah. Oh, yeah. I watch a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I remember I remember watching Yu-Gi-Oh in my grandparents' bedroom. And I, it was like the battle when they remember when they were like elevating on like different platform on the platforms. Yeah. That was the last that's the last episode I remember watching of Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. And the guy with the brown hair who had the white the blue-eyed dragon. Kai. Kai, yeah, he was like above everyone. He was my he favorite. Was I loved him. Because he had the blue eyed dragon. I mean, I, I was a, I loved the heroes and I was a Yugi fan all oh, the way. Dude, dude, Kai, Kai was my bro. Heart of the cards, but Kai, um, Kai all the way. But um, but I also, mean, that was... they had like at nighttime they had uh, in Adult Swim you could watch like Bleach. I didn't watch oh, Bleach. Bleach no. was fucked. And, I bet. Um, they had the original, fuck, um, Full Metal Alchemist. I remember hearing, I remember like watching the like yeah. commercial for it, but I never watched Dude, full, it. Full Metal Alchemist, the original, is just okay. Yeah. Um, it was like they had the first book of the manga written, mm-hmm. so they made four episodes off of that book, and then they just went with it and like made up the rest of the series. Yeah. And then, I forget, it was way more recently, they finished the manga and then went back and remade the series and it's called Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood mm. and it follows the book entirely and it is some fucked up shit. Yeah. It's like... But it, it like follows the book religiously. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't like stray away yeah. or anything. Okay. So like the first four episodes I was like, oh, I've seen this before and then after that... Yeah. Or no, there's one scene in, in episode three where they... Um, it has a lot to do with alchemy and like sorcery and that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's this 
really demented father who uses his daughter to, and their dog to make a chimera. Mm. And What's a chimera? Uh, maybe it's a chimera. What is it's, that? Like? It's a, 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 a monster that's created off of two beings. Okay, gotcha. And like a bunch of like um, minerals and shit. Yeah. And But so he like takes his daughter and their family pet and forms it to create them. this this horrendous monster. But like in the in the original series it was like super PG. Yeah. And in this it's like it's cartoon network. Right, right. But in, in, in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood it is like R. Yeah. You like see the daughter like dying uh, inside this new out. chimera. And it's like But the rest of the the whole series is the Brotherhood version. It's like that the whole way through. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, incredible. It's like X-rated, just yeah. like balls to the wall, yeah. just like batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah, I thought, dude. That's but, a, that's the thing, man. Like anime can just get so fucked up, especially yeah. like watching a carrier. Just like, what the fuck is going on right yeah. now? Like, but thank God that the current Japanese anime makers found some story writers. Yeah, because we'd just be <clears throat> lost. Because, I mean, basically, I couldn't tell you what the story of Akira is. I think, okay, so, okay, so here's, the, the, the basic outline of Akira is two lifelong friends, uh, one of them comes into some supernatural powers, and the other one is trying to save him, but then ends up having to kill him to save the rest of humanity basically that is that that's the yeah, simplistic core idea of akira yeah you just described a very interesting movie yeah <laughs> that's it's not quite what we, i mean it is what we but saw, it is but no it's but like, it's 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 that is the a plot of yeah, akira yeah, yeah that you would say and i find akira's ideas to be more interesting than the actual film there's a lot of great ideas that are yeah. around Akira. Do they all mesh together? No fucking way. Yeah. No way. Do they? They don't. There's a lot of great shit going on in there, but um, it feels like it's just like we're gonna throw all these ideas into the kitchen sink and see what mixes, you know? Yeah. I was telling Kyle when we walked out. It's like nobody in Japan has ever said no. It's like yeah. any, every animator just like came up with an idea and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Just, <laughs> yeah. Who cares about just like, story? Oh, I just watched uh, a David Cronenberg film, uh, body horror and like, yeah, like let's turn his arm into a mechanical flesh like thing. You yeah. know, fuck it. You know, let's just we do love it. Star Wars. Let's cut off his arm and give him. a mechanical Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. That's what it felt like. And so it's just like, it's this weird. So like, but what I found it. So, like, what I what I was attracted to the most was that A-plot storyline of these two lifelong friends who, yeah. one becomes corrupted by this kind of godlike entity of Akira, and then the other friend is just like, I, I want to save you, but, like, you're... You're, you're basically a supervillain, and I need to kill you yeah. to save everyone else is like this girl that I have fallen in love with and the rest of civilization basically. And, um, there's, there's like the military plot line where they're just like, we need to control him. And there's like these three, the three children that are like these other super, uh, beings 
that you could yeah. say that they're like, or that they're like army experiments. I think. Yeah, yeah, and they're like they're kids, but they look older. They look very, very. They look like Benjamin Button is how I would put these kids. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, and. They kind of oversee the entire universe, basically. And then the military is trying to control them and uh, Akira, which is... Akira is basically all energy, is how they put it. You know, how I kind of well, processed it, it in I mean, my brain was that Akira is God. Yeah, so, I mean, they, like, sort of set up... they. Like, we're, we're, we're sort of assuming things here because they didn't quite explain the plot. Nothing's really explained in this movie. Yeah, but it seemed like, yeah, at the very beginning, it said it was after World War Three. Yeah. And so my my understanding, the way I took it, was that they created these monsters to be, like, superhuman um, weapons in World War Three. Because What, we, the children? Yeah, because we children? saw them as kids when they didn't yeah. have any powers, and then they, like, injected... Yeah. And did like tests on them and turned them into these beings. When when they were doing that weird like kind of flashback the very end. space yeah, yeah. O- that two thousand one space odyssey moment. Yeah, and because yeah. like the kids had like helmets on. Yeah, and stuff. But so I, I took it as they were building these superhumans, almost like a Deadpool kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and they like Akira was number twenty eight because mm-hmm. each of the kids you come to find out has a number yeah so Akira was number 28 and he was like a real thing and then I think at the very beginning of the film you see what I thought was the atom bomb going off but I'm guessing yeah. it was Akira uh imploding or ex- exploding yeah kind of like becoming yeah an all being of the universe because because that is what um Tutsuma Tutsuma? Tatsuwa? Uh, Tasu, Ta- oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Um, these names are Tetsuwa. Tetsuwa kind of becomes a universe Yeah. at the end of that's the movie. A, right, that's what the doctor says. Yeah. Is that, like, it's the creation of another universe. So that's why I thought Akira... Akira I, that's why I thought Akira was kind of like God. Right, and well, yeah. that's what they explained. But, like, it started, he was a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you find that Tatsuwa, he finds, like, the remains of Akira. Yeah. But they go on to explain that, like, after Akira had his explosion, that, like, everybody had the power of Akira inside them. It just yeah. wasn't awakened. It's and kind of the idea that we are all um, stardust. You know that you know that theory? No. So the theory that um, we all have, um, when the universe was created, uh, and uh, humans biologically became to being we all have um stardust in ourselves because the the sun exploded you know and so we all have that little bit of like sun or stardust inside of us we are all so special exactly you know yeah it's it's so like what happens is tetsuo he crashes on his motorbike into Mm -hmm. number 26 or 24 i don't remember his name but i could not tell you but so he crashes the into... The one kid. <laughs> yeah, he crashes into one of the experiments. The Benjamin Button-looking kid. <laughs> yeah. And and that's, like, when his powers get awake, awoken, awaken. It was when he comes in contact with that other supernatural being. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes to the hospital, and then the doctors start performing experiments on it, and that mm-hmm. just, like, really spirals it out of yeah. control. But that's what I like... What I liked about this movie is basically the idea of... It's a... You know how we have, like, superhero origin stories. Yeah. This is a supervillain origin story. Yeah, definitely. You know? It's just, like, this kid who 
has no idea what the fuck is going on, yeah. and he wakes, he, he crashes his motorbike, he's just a normal kid, you know, right. that all he knows, and then he wakes up the second later, and he, now he's got these powers, and he's just like, what the fuck am I, like, who yeah. am I? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just wants to know who he is, right. what these powers are coming from, so it's basically the idea of humans um, wanting to know where they come from, the yeah. idea of like w- what happens when you meet God, yeah. you know, and it's like uh, Tetsuwa meets Akira, which you could assume that Tetsuwa is Jesus and Akira is God. Sure. And when Tetsuwa comes in contact with Akira and he opens it up, and we see that the military has deconstructed um, Akira into these vials. So they basically like took out his brain, they took out like all these different uh, materials of Akira and froze him so that future generations could study him. Yeah. It's the idea that what would, if humans became in contact with God, what would we do? Right. Which is, we would kill him and we would... Put him in a crash. And we would put him in, and we would test the shit out of him. You know, that is what we would do as humans, basically, you know? And so it's like the idea of, if if Jesus came back and and was trying to find out who he was, you know, it's just like, and he came in contact with him and saw that humans did this to him, like, what the fuck would you do? You would kill the humans because they're the enemy, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It, it was uh, very interesting. It's it, very experimental. Yeah. Very experimental. And then it also has, it also, it, was, it also starts out as like a Fast and the Furious movie, Well, that was you know? the thing. I was going to say, it's, it's like, it starts out like any action movie where like the first five, ten minutes are just straight action. Motorbike and racing. Like, what yeah. the hell is happening? Yeah. And then they like stop and they explain everything. They give you the backstory. This never gives you the backstory. It's just like, you'll no figure it out. Way. Yeah, no fucking way. There is no exposition whatsoever yeah. in this movie. It's just like, it starts out as like a Fast and the Furious movie where they're just like street, uh, they're like motorcycle racing on this like highway and shit. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, Kanata is supposed to be like, you know, the like badass leader of this like street bike gang. Yeah, his gang, his bike is like souped up. He's dude, his bike is badass, oh, yeah, dude. Is. Like that red bike with the pill on the back of his like red leather yeah, jacket. Dude, it's got all the electricity running through the wheels and shit. Dude, yeah. so badass. And like Akira is like best friends with uh, Tatsuwa. Akira. Oh no, uh, Kanata is Kanata. best friends with Tatsuwa. Tatsuwa. Yeah. And and like Kanata has like always gotten Tatsuwa out of like. Sticky situations, basically. Right. Yeah, you learned so, at the very end of the film that this has been happening since they were yeah. kids. Yeah, see, and yeah, and that that's the thing, man, is because basically throughout the movie, Tatsu is just basically, is like, I don't need your help, uh, Kanata, you know, I can get myself out of this situation. You're just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. okay, so this is basically, you have to piece together the idea of their relationship, and then at the end, you're explained, we're shown in a series of flashbacks of of Kanata and Tatsuwa's relationship and how, yeah. like, when they were kids, they met, they were basically orphans together and they bonded with that and they got into, like, they got out of fights together and right. they were, like, you know, Kanata right. always protected Tatsuwa, you know, because basically they're the same person, you know, and yeah. it's just, he was looking out for him. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's a weird movie, dude. Weird, there are just weird so movie. many things where it's, like, there was no, there was no backstory, backstory, no explanation. Like when uh, the they get to the Olympic Stadium, 
mm-hmm. and he's trying to like bring back Akira, and the gen the the colonel is just like, "Hey, start firing Soul," and you're like, "What the hell is Soul?" Yeah, and then you come to find out that it's just this missile or this like laser beam in yeah the in spaceship the, yeah, yeah just like out in the middle of space, and it starts attacking the ground, and then. That's what's like, nah, fuck this. And he flies into the sky. <laughs> just fucking and goes lands, up. <laughs> lands on the laser beam. On Sol. And like, hacks it. Starts shooting it everywhere. And then makes it crash land into the earth. That's such a random part and of the fucking like, movie, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's like, there's no, there's no context to it at all. I think, I think that military plotline could be just like cut out of the entire movie. You don't need it at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean. You really only need the Akira parts to get the idea of what Akira is. But, yeah. like, literally other parts of, like, the scientist, when he's, the scientist in the yeah, base, the, the the military general or guy or whatever he is, you don't need that whatsoever. You could really cut that out of the also, entire movie. Let, let's talk about, like, it was a very prominent plot line that, like, the government is corrupt. Oh, yeah. The no, people yeah, are definitely. rioting. But it that that doesn't actually play into the storyline no. at all. What I found interesting was the fact that the rioters, like, saw Tatsuwa as Akira and how they looked yeah. up to him like instantly they looked up to him as Akira and as like this godlike right. figure right. and like Tatsuwa became like I mean like I said there's a lot of interesting plot lines in this there's a lot of interesting ideas in this movie but do they all line up Mm-mm. not really you know so it's just like oh man I, I'm I'm putting a lot into this movie yeah but it's not doing it by itself. It's me putting my ideas into this movie, you know? Yeah. And so I wished it kind of would have, like, came together a lot more fluently than it yeah. did. But, um, I think... That's the thing, man. It's just like... So, if, like, if you were going to remake this movie, like, what would you do? Because uh, the thing is, with this... Uh, with Akira, since it was released, people have been talking about, like, a remake of it. Like, a, vol- oh, really? a live-action remake of it for years up until last year jordan peele was uh talked about doing a live action akira remake okay christopher nolan was a lot of people thought that he was going to do a live action remake of this movie like when he was about to do uh dunkirk yeah he had this uh meeting with warner brothers and people were like he might be doing an Akira live action movie, you know? And so it's just like, it's still like this prominent thing, which I really think like if you did a remake of Akira, you, and if you put in a lot of those interesting plot lines, you could actually make a really fucking interesting movie. Yeah. So like, what would you do if you were like going to remake this movie? How would you do it? I think you just gotta like definitely give more context to what's happening. Like the military history and, like, World War Three, and uh, just, like, giving a better backstory and character arcs to Kanata and Tatsua. Yeah. Just, like, there's there's not enough for you to grasp on. Like, the whole time, they really focus a lot on Tatsua, which he's, he's definitely the villain, but it's not, like, an anti-hero story. You line. have to make him a sympathetic villain. That's the thing. That's what I was trying to... But he's not sympathetic. But that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He isn't sympathetic. He comes off as, like, kind of an asshole. Even right. from, like, when he's first introduced because he's always just like, Kanata, I don't need you. You know, right. I can do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, we're introduced to Tatsua. He's sitting on Kanata's bike and he's like, 
oh, Kanata says, oh, he's the only one that can ride this. I could totally Yeah, and then he steals bike. Kanata's bike when he, yeah. like, gets out of the hospital with right. that girl, you know? Right, right. And so it's just, like, he kind of comes off as, like, a pompous asshole, you know? And, like, he, he just starts terrorizing everything for no real reason. Yeah. You know, because, like, the, one, of the, one of the children experiments is, like, everybody has Akira in their soul, mm-hmm. and it's just about how you choose to use it, and he's clearly chosen to be a villain. Yeah. And you're like, yep, okay, but why? Why is he chosen to be yeah. a villain? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, I get that he's been tortured by the scientists and stuff, but like... But we're not shown we're that. We're not shown He just kind of wakes up and he's yeah. just like, I'm a super villain now, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's... I think the... If you were going to remake this movie, it's just like you have to focus on the Kanata and Tatsuwa storyline solely. So it's just like, you show them when they were younger... You show that how Kanata has to stick up for Tatsuwa yeah. so much. So you play into that, like, thickest thieves, kind of like brotherhood. You know, it's just like, they be, it's them against the world. So you focus in on that, yeah. and you show that the frustration of Tatsuwa, of like, oh, you, you can even have, like, you know, secondary characters be like, oh, you always need Kanata to, like, you know, back you up. You know, so it's just like, so that kind of like comes into play with him. You know, there's just like some like bully shit, you know? And so like he tries to be his own man, but Kanata's always just like, you know, always there for him, but he doesn't want him to be in, he wants to be his own man, you know? Right. So you you have that like inferiority complex play into it. And then you have the bike crash with the like, you have, you still, you, you still need the three kids as an exposition. Yeah, but you need to explain them a lot better. Yeah, no, definitely. So you have, I think you have the three kids basically as an exposition uh, dump. So they're right. the ones that are going to explain, like, the history of World War Three, the history of Akira, the, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and why Tatsuwa is the way that he is, basically. Yeah. But we show why Tatsuwa becomes a supervillain, basically, is because of Kanata. Yeah. So... He comes into contact with the with one of the three kids. He gets experimented on. We show his pain through the experiments and everything. And then when Kanata comes to save Tatsuwa, that is basically when you have to sh- you have to explain that um, Tatsuwa's anger towards Kanata and. He does, and like Kanata's like, I need to help. I need to come save you. I, yeah. I'm always, I'm responsible for you. But Tatsuo wants to be his own man, and he's just like, I can break out of here myself, right? You know, and so you, so with even with Kanata thinking about like this is the right thing to do, Tatsuo is just is thinking, I can do this by myself. I don't need you. I don't need you to yeah, save yeah, yeah. me. You know, I can be my own man, and that's what frustrates him, and that is what leads him to becoming a supervillain. Basically, like, the Antichrist, basically. And then that's what sets him off into choosing to use his powers for evil. Yeah. And I think you gotta cut some of the side plots, too. You cut the entire military plotline out. You cut that out. I think you leave the military. I think you expand upon the military because the backstory of the military's involvement with the experiments is so vital. Oh, man, I don't know, dude. I, I, think, I think... I think I think you make the military plot a lot more substantial. Ooh. I think you cut out the mole inside the head council. Definitely. that's not necessary no, at yeah, all. definitely. That I think, doesn't... Yeah. I think you... I mean, I guess we gotta give 
I gotta we gotta give Kanata a love interest, so Kai's gotta be in there, but like I don't even Kai, think you need Kai, dude. I don't, well, I don't, I don't think, think you need her. I don't think you need I think Kai. The, I think the love, the love interest is right, between the two guys. Uh, it's, between, it's the love of the, it's the brotherhood. You know, that's the, 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 the love between the, the, the friendship. You know, that's, yeah, that's a love story. But, but I mean, somehow you've got to get Kanata back into the whole plotline because he's pretty much nixed from the plotline right at the beginning. I think, well, even with, with, with Tatsuwa being uh, taken by the military and into the hospital, that is enough for Kanata to be like, I need to go save him. Yeah. I don't think you need Kai to be like, oh, they're experimenting on him, let's go save him. But you that's, know? I mean, like, Ka- Kanata just starts following Kai around and, like, saves her, and then... That's why, like, I, that's why I find, like, Kanata... Did... back into the whole Tatsuya storyline. Yeah, and that's what I hate about it, because it's just, like, Kanata's... It's like... Kanata's choice to go see Tatsuo is, isn't even his choice. It's just he's just following Kai because he's like infatuated by her. Yeah. You know, it should be Kanata's decision to go get Tatsuo because it's like this is my young, this is my brother. Right. This is my this, he looks at him as his younger brother, and it's just like this is I need to be there for him and I need to rescue him. Yeah. And that's when that that whole relationship is what you set up with Tatsuo becoming the supervillains because basically Kanata's like he's my younger brother I need to go save him and Tatsu was just like I can do this by myself I don't need you I'm my own man like I don't need you to come save me all the time dude right and that's what you show in the first act of the movie is Kanata always saving Tatsuwa from situations like you show like in the first act, you can have, like, Tatsuo in, like, a sticky situation, and Kanata comes in and saves the day. Yeah. And, like, everyone's just like, oh, you always need Kanata to come, like, save your ass at the last minute. And that fr- that's what frustrates him. And then you have the mili- and you have the hospital breakout scene with Tatsuo. Yeah. And you have Kanata come in at the last second and, like, tr- you know, beat up some bad guys and, tr- and be like, we gotta get the fuck out of here, man. I'm here to save you. And he's like, I was doing fine just by myself, dude. Like, I don't need you here. You know, and that and that's when he just goes berserk, you know, Wolverine yeah. berserker, and just, like, starts fucking shit up, you know? Yeah. I don't think you need Kai at all, dude. I think I don't think you need the love interest at all, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the love interest, but there are a lot of... She does have some plot points that she is in control of that you would have to find an alternative for. Like what? Like, what, where, where, where would we... Like, the whole... Like, she is the reason that he finds... Kai area that that Kanata finds Tatsua yeah. back at the Olympic Stadium and like Tatsua or Kai like fights Tatsua for a hot second when yeah. Kai can't do anything when she gets absorbed into that like yeah when he becomes a huge blob no before that way before that when like mm. the three kids are like enacting through Kai oh okay yeah she, yeah yeah she like has a brief moment where she tries to fight Tatsua yeah 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 I mean, you could even have just the three kids fight him. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I I don't know. I did. I just didn't like the idea of Kai. I think. I think it was just like the, a love interest because it's like, oh, we need we need Kanata yeah. to yeah. have a a love interest. You know, and mm. when when the love should just be between friends. Yeah. It should be between these two guys of like, this is my younger brother. You know, it's just like I need to I need to save him. Yeah. Um. I think you either gotta evolve or cut the protest thing. Because I think yeah, I'm not. It's it's weird. It's it's just not. It's just not prominent enough. And you gotta. 
I, I like the idea of, like, <laughs> these protesters who are just protesting, and then they, like, they see Tatsuwa, and they're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, he's Akira, he's God, and they come become, like, this cult-like right, following, right, right. but is it, it does nothing for the story at all. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example where something like that comes into play. Like, uh, it's just, it doesn't, they're, they're trying to, like, say things, and, and this is, take this with a grain of salt because like the way that Japanese films are translated is if there's something written in Japanese characters then it gets translated into English at the top of the screen yeah and so it it's like something that when if you were watching an American film or a United English film and it was like a sign written in English you wouldn't you would like see it but you wouldn't actually like think it's part of the story yeah and then when like stuff is written in japanese they make it they translate it at the top of the screen so you're like oh oh that's super important to the story and you're like is it important to the story or are they just translating yeah and there's not really a way of knowing because that happens too sort of with like at the very beginning the first thing that gets translated is um there's a newscaster on tv talking about the riots and mm-hmm. and like it gets translated but then like as other things start happening the audio gets quieter and a little more muffled but it's still getting translated and it's like in an english film you wouldn't you would stop listening to that broadcast yeah most most people would stop listening you, to that it broadcast. would it become background noise right basically but with the translation it's like front and center yeah and so you're like oh how, how important is this supposed to be mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting in that respect because like the I yeah. think I think through that translation the riots are made to be a lot more important. No, definitely. Um, I think I mean the, the riots are at best a background noise. Yeah, you know, for it's, sure. just, it's just it's supposed, just a it's setting. Just, it's just if anything. anything. Yeah, it's just supposed to show this like post World War Three kind of environment. That's yeah. all it's supposed to be. It, I think it, it, it like conveniently puts military in locations so that they can fight Tatsua. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And I, I mean, I really don't think you really need the military storyline at all. I think you it's only there... You have the military storyline just to explain what Akira is. But That's like, all I found but, with but the... But you gotta think, like, number 26, he's, like, running around with some stranger who gets shot up. Yeah. And, like, so the, the stranger's gotta get shot up by something, and then when, that can, I when, mean, Tatsua, and, when Tatsua crashes into number 26... The military is what comes, and they're like, number 26, you have to come home. And then they mm-hmm. capture Tatsua, and they take him to the hospital. Like, I don't know, I could keep going through the whole movie, but, like, yeah. the military is a prominent factor. So I think to get rid of the military, I you'd think, have to really restructure. I, okay, if I was going to remake this movie, I think you could keep the military as, like, kind of like this shadowy kind of figure. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't even need to be the military. It could just be, like, a men in black Kind of yeah, like yeah. extra division of the government, you know, right. and you could, it, it doesn't really need to be explained. It's just like, all you need to show is that, uh, number 26 or number 23, whatever the kid is, uh, is important to these shadowy government figures yeah. and then they take him away and then they take Tatsuo away and you kind of see the experiment, experimentation of it. And then through that, you're introduced to Akira. So you show Akira through Tatsuwa, who when he's being experimented on. So the idea is that like a, we're all connected to Akira, you know? So when Tatsuwa is being experimented on, 
you could show like these flashes of like Akira. And that's what drives Tatsuwa to finding out what Akira is. Yeah, but and this curiosity the, of Akira. But without the military there, he would just find Akira and, and destroy the world. You know, like the military No well no is, no is, it, but it's several roadblocks throughout the film. Like the every time Tatsuo tries to escape from the hospital, the military is there yeah. to try to stop him. Yeah, I mean, what you could show, I mean, like, that's where I'm coming up with the, the shadowy kind of, like, government entity of it, you know? It's just, like, you keep the audience in suspense of, like, what is happening right now, you know? It's kind of, yeah. like, what we were feeling about but, the entire well, movie of, like, what the fuck is yeah, happening right Yeah, right, right, right. But, like, so, if you're going to get rid of the military in that aspect, then you probably should just get rid of the riots as well, because, like... With I think you the, could get rid of the riots. I, I, I think you could just set it in present day and it would just, and you, you could flow it through naturally and have like this like underbelly kind of like government type of situation and like this kid comes into contact with this like supernatural being and then this, um, you know, men in black kind of like government uh, division swoops him up. His friends are like, what the fuck? Like, where the fuck is he going? And, like, where's Tatsuwa going? And then Kanata's just like, we need to go get Tatsuwa, you know? And then Tatsuwa's in it, being experimented on. Kanata and his friends are trying to figure out where Tatsuwa is. They, you know, they come into contact maybe with, like, one of the kids. And they figure out, like, where he is. And they come and they go in. To, and that's when they're going into the the... the military kind of hospital and that's where Tatsuo kind of like wakes up he may be having like these visions of Akira and that's what propels him to find Akira to find out why he's having these abilities and why he's yeah. having these different kind of like visions or whatever and so he he's not even in control of his powers you know he's just like he's like it's like what if when was the first time that like Jesus came into his powers and what was he thinking you know yeah. you, you play with that kind of like storytelling so it's just like you're this kid and you wake up one second and you're basically have all the best superpowers in the world. Yeah. And so it's like if Superman was on Earth and didn't know he was Superman and then one day he discovered his powers. Right. And then he wakes up and he can like, you know, push people out of the way. He can create these force fields. He can fly or whatever. And he's just like, what the fuck is going on? I need to know, like, why I'm doing all this shit. And he's having these flashes of, like, Akira and, like, yeah, yeah. these three people. And it's like, okay, maybe these people know they can tell me what I am. Which is the, which is the, yeah. which is, that's what humans strive to do what they do is because it's like, I want to meet God so I can ask why I am or why I am, why I am. Right, you I, know? I, I get that, but, like, I think you're, you're losing the antagonist portion of it. Because at that point, you're making... Well, no, because... The, no, be, well, then we're created... It's it's the origin of the supervillain, basically. Right, then that, he, and then we but, create Tatsuwa into the supervillain, because then when he comes into Akira, and basically learns that it's all bullshit, yeah, it's, all yeah. ex, it's all experiments, and he's just like, well, fuck this, I'm gonna, you know, be my own... But I, I think if you structure it in that way, then Tatsuo is the protagonist, not the. But isn't that a great? Isn't that a great storyline to do? Is basically we think that Tatsuo is the protagonist, and then he becomes the villain. Uh... And then that's when Kanata becomes, Kanata becomes the protagonist, is because he basically has to kill God. I don't know. I mean, I think then you're you're really like 
getting away from the original story. That's because it's a remake, bro. Right. I'm doing my own story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think you could. I think you could evolve the story, but keep keep the the core pillars of it. Okay. Because, I like, who would who would uh, Superman be without Lex Luthor there, as his as his antagonist? But that's the idea: is that you think it's Superman, but it's actually Lex Luthor that we're following. That's the the idea of the supervillain origin story. He thinks he right, thinks he's Superman, yeah, but, but he actually, be, but in everyone else's eyes, he's Lex Luthor. There's got to be an antagonist of some sort. He is the antagonist. No, he can. He's the protagonist. Well, I mean, you, he, you could, he's an antihero. I mean, you could have the shadowy government, you know, entity as the antagonist to him. That's what I mean, though. It's got to be there. Something's got to be there. To well, yeah, that. you would have them there. I mean, it's just it. It's. I think that the idea of like what the colonel is. I mean, and like all their like, like the the when the scientist just like he's the universe or whatever. You can yeah. just cut all that shit out. You don't really need all yeah, that I think stuff. You, yeah, I mean, I don't give a shit about the scientist. He yeah. he's he he's tertiary. He can yeah. It doesn't matter. I didn't even know the guy's name. Right. You know? But I think the colonel and like the because the fact that it is a government experiment. Yeah. That's that's kind of hard to then get rid of the government aspect of the story when the government's what created this. And they're trying to keep it under wraps. They're yeah. trying to keep Akira from coming back. Yeah. It's the idea of, like, humans preventing God from existing, you know? Yeah. That's why I find fascinating about the storyline. That's why I was just... That's what I was most drawn towards, and that's, what, like, what I wish was expanded on more was just the idea of, like, humans destroying God. Yeah. And prevent, and then they see that Tatsuo is basically becoming kind of like Jesus, and they're trying to prevent him from, you know, becoming his his full, this full entity. You yeah. know, that's what I was really drawn towards of of, of this movie. Yeah, it's, it's it was definitely interesting, but it um it reminded me a lot of this film that I saw a couple months ago that I didn't really realize this going into it. But um, it, Matt, our friend Matt was just like, "Oh, this, there's this fun." I've been film. meaning to have Matt on the podcast because I think he would do really well oh, yeah, on the podcast. Would, it would be fun. He just doesn't want to like watch movies with us, though. <laughs> we could tell him to watch a movie, and he'll come. Okay. I I asked him to come to a cure. He's just like, "I got uh, 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 wedding shit to do," and I was just like, "Fuck that shit, dude! Come uh, out and watch Akira." <laughs> uh, but anyway, he, he was like, oh, they, so Row House does, they do the midnight movies. Yeah. And uh, he, Matt was like, we should go see this film. It's it's really crazy, and Dina, uh, sad, sadly, Dina doesn't work at Row House anymore. But Dina was like, Dina was like, Matt, you would love this film. And so Matt was like, Dina said I would love this film. And I was like, all right, let's go, let's go see it. Uh, well, it turns out that what we saw was the film that created tentacle porn. So, it's, um... You saw that with Matt. I saw that, yeah, Matt and I saw this together. That's, like, when, like, tentacles, like, go up a vagina and, like, out a girl's nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's the legend of... I can't, I can't really... Oh, yeah, yeah. So on Letterboxd, 
nobody can find Legend of the Overfiend, which is the... That sounds dirty. That's the original film. But there, believe it or not, there have been five sequels made to this tentacle <sighs> porn film. Nice. And to my... Sounds like my kind of movie. Right. My review was, if you're reading this, don't watch the movie. Just what, How many stars did yourself. you give it? I gave it one. One? Okay. Yeah. But it's just, like, so fucking weird. And, like, it it's just... Like, hentai, I think, is super weird. What it, What is weird? Hentai. What's that? Anime porn. Okay. Or yeah, any, I mean... Any cartoon porn. I don't jerk off to that kind of no, stuff. No, definitely <laughs> but not. But, like, and some people do, and that's okay, you know? Whatever yeah, floats your boat. when you add tentacles to it, that's not okay. I've I, seen, like, um, like, whenever I'm on, like, RedTube or, like, Pornhub, you'll see, like an ad for, like, one of those, you know, yeah. occasionally. Yeah. And it's just, like, a, yeah, I mean, like, a tentacle's, like, in a vagina and, like, comes out a girl's nose and she's, like, uh, you know, it's just, like, that doesn't flip my boat. But, you know, yeah. a lot of people probably jerk off to that daily. Oh, interesting. I think that's not how the human body works. You can't get a tentacle up to, to the nose that <laughs> well, way. Well, I mean, I mean... <laughs> if you try really hard, I guess you can. It is one big canal. I mean, you know, if... Anyway. Whatever floats your boat, you know. It's, it's, it's just a super weird film where, like, this god comes down from heaven to save the world, and he's got this magical semen that, when it gets <laughs> onto other people, it makes them have superpowers. And so, like, it, it like, sort of closely follows the storyline of Akira. <laughs> but What year was it made? Um... Is it after 88? Because he could have just been like really inspired by Akira and was just like, hey man, I'm going to make this, but with a lot more tentacle porn. Uh, it's, not, it's not loading at the moment. Come on, oh, come here, on Letterbox. Here come go. on, Letterbox. You got it. You got you it. Have you, got a it. Letter? you got it. You have a year made? Come on. No year 1986. Made? Oh, so, so Akira was inspired by this film. Akira saw this film and was like, let's take all the tentacle shit out and just make a good movie. <laughs> take all the tentacle shit out. Put more, like, religious aspects into it and yeah. more, like, supervillain aspects into it and a lot more motorcycle racing into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, there's no motorcycle <laughs> in the tentacle point. But it, it was so weird because it, like, the dude's fingers, I think, turned into dicks at one point and then dude. his dicks had dicks coming off of them and they had dude. dicks coming off of them. And, oh, God. And then just lots of tentacles. It, Have I you watched a, a Wet Dream on Elm Street? No. I watched that, and it was, it's, you know, A Nightmare on Elm Street, but the porn version of that. Oh. And it's Freddy Cougar, but instead of knives on his he's hands, got he's got dildos, and he just fucks people with them. It's pretty fucked up, but it's pretty great. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, the porn version of that. No. Edward Penis Hands. No. Same concept. Yeah. Instead of scissor hands, he has dildo hands. These people are weird. Yeah, dude. It's pretty great. <laughs> I was like, tell me the name of this film. Let me me, wait, wait, movie. hold on. I'm going to go buy this on Amazon Prime right yeah, now. <laughs> I, will, I will announce it just so everybody can hear my horrible Japanese. Urasuke Doji. Urasuke Doji. Yeah. Created by Toshio Maeda. Now, now the craziest thing is, let me read you this. Uh, it was a huge departure from... Oh, fuck. This is the sequel because the, the original doesn't exist on... Letterbox, but it, it, this guy was picked because of his artistic style which paid incredible attention to detail and for his ability to tell rather good stories with complex plots unlike most erotic manga artists at this time <laughs> he was commissioned to do the series for Mango Erotopia 
a pornographic manga magazine published that deals mostly with avant-garde stories. And so they made this six-film series. Six films? Six films. Damn, dude. The most Is there a coherent storyline throughout all of them? I don't know. I only different? saw the first one. I, didn't I mean, we got to watch the that we got to watch the other five, dude. Yeah, the Tentacle Universe. <laughs> what did Matt think of it? Did he like it? No. <laughs> what if Matt was just like, "Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie." <laughs> Matt walks out with wet pants, <laughs> just covering up with his hands. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, I really gotta go." Uh, uh, sorry, man. I know we we're gonna get beers, but like, I got places to be. <laughs> I'm gonna go change my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was, it was weird because the theater was packed when we went to see this tentacle porn film, but everybody was there to, like, kind of witness the spectacle. They were, like, curious of, like, what it was, actually. And it was, like, there were so many things that everybody was just like, uh, ew, what? Yeah, that's the thing, man, it's like, I was really curious about Akira. I, I wasn't, I'm not a fan of anime. I watched, like, Cowboy Bebop on Adult Swim. Yeah. And I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was growing up. But that was really it. And, like, Dragon Ball Z and Zoids, of course. Naruto? What was Naruto? He wore, like, the headband. and I remember he had, like, hearing about spells. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about it. I didn't watch it, though. Okay. Um, that was my. That was the thing, man. I was like, I was never really into that kind of stuff. I was just, I was more into, like, just, like, kind of, like, uh, classic, classical cartoons, like, uh, Looney Tunes, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was really what I was really into in, like, the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. I was never, I never, I watched some anime stuff, you know, like Dragon Ball Z and Zoids and, and Cowboy Bebop, but I never really got that into it, you know? Pokemon? I didn't watch Pokemon. Digimon? Never watched Digimon. How about Beyblades? I had the Beyblades. But did you watch Beyblades? I did not watch oh, Beyblades. I had, I had a Beyblade. And I you would just like You would rip it. You'd rip the cord oh, yeah, and it would yeah, just yeah. like spin out of control. So, so funny story about Beyblades. Back in third grade when this stuff was super... Yeah, dude. 2003. You were a time. badass, bro. Well, it was well, either, it was no, either you could rap every Eminem song... Or you had Beyblades. Well, no, I started with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Okay. And our teachers quickly banned card games. Oh, you're from West Virginia, too, yeah. so they were just like, that's... They were like, that is the dealing of the devil. That fuck that banned. satanic shit. <laughs> and so so they quickly banned card games, and then I was like, well... I got Beyblades, bro. I was, I was like, this is not a card game. I was like, it's just a top. Because, you know, what's wrong with the top? Yeah, Everybody exactly. likes tops. It's all about the tip, bro. Right. <laughs> and and so my teacher was like, yeah, I guess tops are fine. <laughs> and so I, like, somehow made this big racket where, like, I would bring a Beyblade Arena. You know, like, they made those plastic Yeah, things. dude, I remember that. I'd bring that, and I had, like, five Beyblades. And, like, I got, like, the cool kids in my school to play Beyblades. Did you have the black and red Beyblade? No. And see, so that was the one I had. I I don't I used to like really I used to like know the names of the Beyblades, but like I followed the the uh, the anime very closely, and so like when yeah. they would like fight a new person and they had this crazy Beyblade, I would go to the Walmart and get it. Yeah, and I, I like at the peak of my Beyblade obsession, <laughs> I probably had twenty or twenty five <laughs> different Beyblades. Your parents paid for all of this. No, I had an allowance. Oh, shit, I mean, dude. so technically, Damn, yeah, dude. they did. Yeah, they, yeah, technically. <laughs> but, like, I saved my money and bought all these. Oh, my God. 
but and like I would just like there were nights I was a real dweeb, but I would like I would like mod my Beyblade, so I would like take the bottom of one Dude. and put the top of it on the other, and then they're like they were like metal inside. You wonder too. why you didn't get laid until you were eighteen years old. Hey man, you don't know my history. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> but yeah, it, no, it was crazy. There was like a. There was like a metal in or a ma- magnetic insert that you could put under the plastic. I remember arena. that. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember. So I remember like, the commercials for it the most. That's why I remember. Okay, it's just like, like I mean, I mean, we grew up on like Cartoon Network. Yeah, you know, that that was that was like I think the prominent of our generation. Yeah, was like watching Cartoon Cartoon Network and all these different uh, cartoons. And I remember like seeing the cardboard cutout like that yeah, yeah. Uh, arena, and then like all the the kids like throwing their Beyblades and with their like the wrist components and everything or like just with the attachments yeah and i was just like so encapsulated just by the commercial you know it's just like i need that you know but i remember what you're talking yeah. about like with the magnets and everything and doing the double blade blades yeah, yeah. unfortunately my parents were just like i'll buy you the one bay blade and then like fuck this shit i'm not paying for the rest of it you well know? <laughs> do you want to know how i learned that santa wasn't real how and when i actually started to, to see i still believe santa was real up until like fifth grade dude so well, yeah like, I, I had my doubts started in third grade but there was a Beyblade um, Game Boy Advance video game, Ooh. and and I was like I was like all right I'm gonna be a super good boy and Santa's gonna leave this Beyblade. Video you didn't game. tell your parents about it. Though. I I did I swear okay. I did okay and I like and this is like when like we my parents were like still like Santa and God are still like super connected. So yeah, I was, yeah yeah like, praying for this Beyblade game and then. Christmas comes and there's no Beyblade game and you're like, under my tree. Fuck and God! I'm like, I'm like what the Santa. hell, Santa? God, did you guys not talk to each other? Like, I talked to you guys so much. How did you not figure this one out? And here we are. I know Santa's not real and I'm not sure about the other. And Still this... upset about the Beyblade game <laughs> yeah, to I'm this like, day. What the fuck? Still upset about it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> so now I mean that, I mean like I I remember um staying up when I was like in 5th grade um NBC used to do like this uh like late night kind of like uh telebroadcast okay. and it'd be like uh Santa's like you know when like on the Christmas Eve yeah. and they would do like oh we're wa- we're tracking Santa you yeah, know yeah, throughout yeah. the US and you would watch on the news and it'd be like this Santa like you know icon like going from like state to state you yeah. know and you'd be like what I remember because I was just like mom you need to give me like two liters of Coca-Cola I'm gonna stay up all night I'm gonna wait for Santa you know I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do yeah. it and my mom was and my parents were amazing and they were and my mom especially was amazing she was, she went along with it you know and she's like okay and she got me two liters of like coca-cola and i would drink these like two liters of coca-cola and i'd be like staying up and i'd be watching the news or whatever and she's like are you still up because my my room was like right next to my parents room like growing up yeah and she would always like you know she would come in and just like check on on me and she'd be like are you still up and i'm like yeah i'm I'm still going or whatever i think i lasted to like 10 and i was just like i was out you know (laughs) and then (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I remember, I, I still believed up until, like, sixth grade or, like, seventh grade, you know, and just, yeah. it, it was, it was a while that I no. still believed in Santa Claus. I mean, it's good, I think it's a great thing to still believe in Santa Claus, because, like, I don't know, It's don't, that innocence, it's just, yeah, like, it's like. you don't like, lose that childhood stuff. No, definitely, it's like Halloween, like, uh, around Halloween time, especially now when you're a kid, it means a lot more than it does when you're a teenager or adult. Because when you're a kid, you believe all that shit. 
you believe yeah. about like when you're watching like a Disney Channel movie or like a horror movie, you believe that shit can happen. You know, it's just this different kind of minutia yeah. that you're involved with. You know, it, it like I remember thinking about Halloween as a kid and like my 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 family was like really involved with Halloween. It was my mom's like favorite holiday and she would just go wild with it. You know, you would have graveyards like in the front lawn and like the entire house would be decorated with like cobwebs and just like, you know, we I remember having these like mats of like a werewolf or a mummy or like a a, a, a vampire that you would hang in the window. Yeah. It'd be like silhouettes yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. It was amazing, dude. And um my mom I remember my mom uh, in second grade, uh, we had like a, a Halloween kind of party or whatever, and your parents were allowed to come in, and you would like bring like treats or like whatever. Okay. And my mom came in, and we had this. Uh, she had this uh, little like plastic uh, piece that she would put on her cheek, and it'd be like an alien claw, like <laughs> clawing out. You know, and she would like do the makeup of it, and she would like blend it perfectly, and yeah. it looked like this like claw was like coming out of her cheek. And she did that in my second grade class, and yeah, she yeah. came in with like this prosthetic, you know, and it was just yeah. like, it was, no other parent in like fucking you know bumfuck nowhere Pennsylvania was yeah, yeah. doing that. It was way too religious for that, but my family was just like fucking crazy, you know. Yeah. And she would come in and do that shit, and she would like hand out candy and shit, you know, and. That was that was the amazing part of like my childhood was especially around October and Halloween. It was just good. Yeah. We would just go fucking wild with it, you know. That's, but that was that crazy. was the best part of it, you know. And do you do any crazy stuff during like Halloween? No, not really, man. We yeah. uh my mom was super into it all and like would would build whatever Halloween costume I was curious about. Like, yeah. Did you I, ever go to, like, Walmart or Target and, like, get a Halloween costume, or did you do it? No, like, not really. I, I would, like, come up with an idea, and my mom would make it. Oh, that's so I, like See, uh, one of my ex-girlfriends, she, that was her family, too. It was just like, oh, I want to be, like, this person. They would, her family would build that costume. Yeah, like I, I had a handmade Robin Hood costume. I was Robin Hood for a couple of years. I was... Peter Pan one year. Okay. And so, like, kind of, like, the same thing, yeah, but yeah. I had, like, I think I had, like, the store-bought version of it, where yeah. it's just, like, the green, like, v-neck, like, vest or whatever, yeah, yeah. and, like, the hat and shit, yeah. No, I was, um, was B for Vendetta in my, my teenage years. That's pretty wild, dude. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, when all the other kids are just like, what the fuck are you here, yeah. you know? And that was, like, that was a mixture between store-bought and, and not... You had the store-bought mask? I had the store-bought mask, and I, like, got... A V from Vendetta set where it like it had the wig and it had the knives and that kind of thing. But then like my mom back, made back it when a you cape. could back when you could bring knives to school. Well, no, I didn't wear it to school. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but my mom, my, like my mom made a cape and like she like found the right black pants and shirt and that yeah. kind of shit. And See, then, when I, when I was Peter Pan, I think that was in like first grade, and I remember Peter Pan having a knife. You know, yeah, yeah, in the cartoon, and I actually had a knife. A real knife? I, fuck, it was like a plastic knife. My knives were plastic, yeah. It was a plastic knife, but it would, but you couldn't get away with that nowadays. No, absolutely not. No way, but it, but like back in like 2000 or 2000, you know, right before September yeah. 11th, you could bring a plastic knife to school and like no one would bat an eye. Yeah. Nowadays, you're fucking locked in the fucking prison cell. I mean, cell, back then you, know? you could have probably even brought a plastic gun and they wouldn't have cared. 
Yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, no one cared back then. Even that, even I remember. I mean, like two, uh, September 11th happened in second grade. I remember the day still because I remember coming back from lunch, and it was the environment was just totally different, and no one said a thing. I remember my teacher not saying a thing. I remember everyone just sitting in quiet and everyone just being like, what is going on? Because, like, she wasn't teaching her anything. She was just sitting at her desk. And I remember her getting up and be like, all right, everyone's going home. But you're not taking the bus home. You have to wait for your parents to come get you. And I remember my mom picking me up. And, you know, I'm in second grade at this point. I'm just like, what? Like, first off, I'm just like, I'm fucking here. I'm going home. Like, fucking A. You know, like, I don't care. Like, this is awesome. I get to go home early. And then, like, I get home, and I remember uh, in the, the house that we lived at, it was in Fairfield, uh, Pennsylvania. It's right outside of Gettysburg. We had this um, uh, white television in our kitchen. And so, like, the living room was connected to the kitchen. There was, like, a wall, half a wall separating it. I remember walking into the kitchen, and my mom was, she sat down at the, at the kitchen table, and she was watching the our white box television set. Yeah. And I remember the two, the twin towers. And I remember seeing the plane just crash into it. Yeah. The second plane. It was just like, what the fuck? And my dad was in, was out of town. He was in Boston that day where one of the plane, that's where one of the planes got hijacked. Yeah. And my mom had, couldn't get a hold of him because all the fucking circuits yeah. were just so busy with everyone calling each other. So my mom was in a panic trying to get in contact with my dad. And we had no idea what was going on. And then when she finally got a hold of him, he was just like, all he could say was, I'm alive. I'm in Boston. I can't get a flight out. And then it just cut out. Yeah. So it was just, that, that was all we heard of him. <laughs> was that? But yeah, thank yeah. God that he's alive, you know. Right. But I remember that entire day it was just watching my mom watch the television set. Yeah. Of like, and like, I'll never forget that whatsoever. And then I remember my dad coming home like a week later, basically, yeah. because the flights were all canceled after that for like an entire week. Yeah. You know. Do you remember where you were? Yeah, I, I. They didn't tell us at school. I got home. I, I went to my grandparents' house after school. And, and Did you do like a whole school day? Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't like let you no, out early. They didn't go out earlier. Damn. But like, but my school was uh, it was uh, kindergarten to second or third grade, second grade. Okay. So like, there weren't we. I was the top of my school. Yeah. In second grade, so it's not like there were older kids that could have understood what was happening. Yeah. Um and yeah, they I just, think yeah, mine was like kindergarten to fourth grade. Okay. So I was like in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, they just yeah, we went home normally and then I got I got to my grandfather's and um like every day I would get home at like four o'clock and I would be like oh grandpa can I watch some cartoons now mm-hmm. and on September 11th I said hey papa can I can I watch some cartoons and he said I don't think they're gonna show any cartoons today you just remember like just did you watch like any of the news or he anything? was watching the news. he was watching the news yeah. yeah so you saw it on there yeah that's wild dude I remember my mom later on saying that when she, because she worked at a, um, she worked for like this, um, bird kind of like conservatory, um, company where yeah. she would like go to like retirement homes or like wherever they had like, like a, a like a bird sanctuary and she would like clean out the, the nests okay. and everything. So she was working there and she would drive from like 
Pennsylvania to like Maryland and stuff, so she would like commute a lot. Yeah. And she was driving back from um she was she was driving across the Mason Dixon line because like where we lived was right on the Mason Dixon line, and where that where the Mason Dixon line is, uh, there's this base uh, in the mountains. Um, I forget what it's called. It's, it's some fort, but it's like where the president goes when there's like a you know, uh, big shit happening. That's where we just camped at, at New Year's, you know. Oh really? Yeah, that's what it is. Is it Fort David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where we camped at. No New fucking Year's. way. Yeah. So that's near where where I lived in Fairfield. Okay, right. Um, but yeah, she would. She remembers she was driving from like wherever she was coming from, and she was driving where Camp David is, and she remembers all these tanks just coming out of the fucking mountains, yeah. dude, and just like driving down the street. She'll like never forget that, yeah. but she remembers like all that shit. But I mean, that that's just like one of those days where just like no one forgets like where they were at, and it's yeah. just it's just super nuts and it's just super crazy, I and mean, it's just like this entire thing that we all just like have connected with us, you know super crazy but yeah but um but anime you know <laughs> yeah it, it's, uh, but it's crazy, crazy because story. like anime is like connected in our childhood with that because that's like part of our childhood yeah, it's like 9-11 yeah. you know it's just like and then like there's like toonami and like anime is all yeah. connected with that especially adult swim adult swim is like this huge like influence on us as like as yeah. kids because i remember like because like as a throughout my entire childhood i think i suffered from insomnia before i knew it was insomnia you know yeah and so and i always had a tv in my bedroom from like third grade until until you know even now you know yeah um and i and i remember just staying up i couldn't fall asleep you know at all and so i yeah. would just stay up late at night watching just cartoons or whatever and i'm watching cartoon network and i'd be introduced to Adult Swim because of, like, Futurama and Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. And I would just watch that, and then you'd be introduced to, like, um, uh, 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 like, that ghost show or whatever, and then, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and then it was just, like, all this other weird shit that would come on, and you'd just be, like, interested in watching it, because you're just like, well, how, how weird else can this shit get, yeah. you know? And so you just, like, keep watching and, it. Yeah, that is one of the things I really like about anime and, and manga is, um, just, like, that there are no limitations. No, Because, like, not that's, at all. like, even in, in American cartoons, you, you hit hard limitations. But, like, yeah. the Japanese are just like, yeah, it, what do you want to do? Oh, yeah, let's do it. It's throwing the kitchen sink in in every possible way. You know, yeah. it's just like they... And it's just like, you kind of go along with it because when you're watching it, you just kind of accept it for what it is because of the history of it. Yeah. The history of anime is just, like... Yeah, this is gonna get batshit crazy. So I'm just gonna right. go along with right. it. It doesn't. I don't have to question any of it. No. You know, it's just like, okay, this, he's a godlike figure right now, and he has a mechanical arm now. Okay, cool. I'm going with it. Okay, yeah. now he's become this giant blob figure. Okay, cool. I'm yeah. gonna go with this. You know, that's why I never really questioned anything with Akira. Is just because I was just like, I was expecting the weirdest shit to come out of it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't question anything that was happening. It was just like I wish there was a little more context here, so that like no, the story could be held together better. Because yeah. that's the thing that I that that throws me off with anime is like when there's not a story to to hold everything down, and you're just like, oh wait, they're doing this next. 
How does this relate back to what was happening two minutes ago? It is. It's. It's held on. the The plot is very, very thin, and it's held on oh, by. A, a, yeah, 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 and it's held on by a string. Yeah, you know, like the the. But I, I very think thinly. That's what they've done better over the years. Is that like plot is definitely like you're saying with that? What was that other uh, anime that we started out with that you were talking about? Full Alchemist. Full Alchemist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that is like so like. The plot is the thickest part of it. Thickest thick thieves. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's a crazy thing. It's, I mean, yeah. it's like the the two main characters, they tried to bring their mother back through alchemy. And long story short, the younger brother, his soul is the only thing that remains after their experiment. So his mm-hmm. soul gets attached to a suit of armor. And like, this dude is just living through the world in a suit of... It's just his soul in a suit of armor. There's no body in the suit of armor. Yeah. But, like, they, like, pin it back to the story so you accept it and, like, you let it be what it is. Whereas, like, in Akira, there are a bunch of things that were, like... In Akira, he kind of gets, like, absorbed into Tatsuo. And then it becomes, like, this 2001 A Space Odyssey moment where he's just kind of, like, floating through yeah. time. Like, at the very end, they're just like, oh, we didn't explain anything. Shit, how do we wrap this yeah, up? Yeah, it's like, okay, we'll show you where they meet Tatsuo and Kanata, and we'll show you how they were childhood friends or yeah. whatever, and then we'll show you the how the three kids were experimented on. And it basically kind of just, like, takes the third act and kind of just, like, tells you about what should have been in the first act of the right, movie. Right. You know, it's very weird, which I kind of have respect for, but it's also just, like, it feels rushed, and it feels just like, oh, yeah, we didn't explain any of this. Let's uh-huh. just tell you about it now. yeah. But it's very different storytelling, which yeah. is which is cool. But I don't think it was done. No, it was most just, effectively. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, if you if you did some tweaks nowadays, you could make it. A, a which is what I think. Like if you did a remake of this movie, yeah, you did a live action remake of it. Like you could, you could do some very. If you took the ideas of what Akira could be and you kept the military, I don't know. I don't know if you need it or not. But you know, I mean, but. Uh, I think there's a lot of ideas there where you, if you did like a remake of it where you could push it even further. Yeah. And you could tell really interesting story. Yeah. If you if you just focused on these on the two brothers. They're not brothers, but they feel like they're Brotherly brothers. Brotherly figures, yeah. Brother yeah, the two the two friends who feel like brothers. You yeah. know, if you really just focused on that because that is the A storyline that you really need to focus on. Yeah. If you just dig deep into that you could have a really, really, really good movie. Yeah. Which is, I was thinking about this, when I was watching this, I was thinking about um, uh, Chronicle. Chronicle is written by Max Landis and directed by uh, Josh, Josh Trank, and I, I was, it has very um, interconnected moments together because of like, um, uh, Dane DeHaan's character feels like Tatsuo, where it's just like this kid who comes in co- contact with this uh, supernatural being, and he becomes and his friend, his two other friends, Michael B. Jordan and I forget the other kid's name, uh, become in they come in contact with this alien figure, and it gives them these superhuman uh, abilities, and Dane DeHaan's character kind of becomes the supervillain out of the three of them and uh, the other kid, I think his name is Alex, he becomes the superhero out of the three of them and Michael B. Jordan's character dies in the middle of the movie. Spoiler alert, but the movie's been out for like eight years now. 
So I, w- I was really seeing the influence of Akira in Chronicle, which was very interesting. And yeah. I would ask uh, Max Landis, who wrote that script, if how influenced he was by Akira for, for that movie. Yeah, it was interesting because like, a lot of the imagery in Akira, I was like, I, I couldn't remember at the time. I was like, did Blade Runner come after this? Because you could definitely Oh, you see definitely see Yeah, definitely see the influence on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Blade Runner came out in 1981, and this came out in 1988. So I think uh, the the people, the animators that were making Akira were definitely influenced by Blade Runner. Yeah. Definitely. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, David Cronenberg in there too with the uh, body horror aspect of it when um, Tatsuya loses his arm and then it becomes a mechanical arm, and then when when his mechanical arm kind of infuses with the rest of his body and it becomes kind of like this half mechanical half uh, human hybrid and then when he becomes like this blob like figure and when he starts like attacking everything else it it is very very remnant of a David Cronenberg film which is like I mean if like anyone was going to remake Akira it would probably definitely be like David Cronenberg would be like my top choice definitely but um very interesting film. Uh, I, I would I would say watch it. Definitely watch yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's uh it's in that classic range where you gotta watch it. Just to experience it. I think yeah. it's just like, yeah, man, just like just look at all these ideas. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't come together like all the ideas don't blend that well together. Yeah. yeah. But it's very it's a very interesting film. And there's no tentacle porn, so it's like you don't have to. There's tentacles. There's that. like almost tentacles. In there there are definitely tentacles, but not there are no tentacles going into the giant. It's not a uh, uh, pleasure oriented. Yeah, well, I don't know <laughs> if I would say the other film is pleasure oriented. <laughs> Very rapey, but what what else have you been watching lately? Yeah, uh, I've been trying to get through Date Night. I've fallen asleep twice in the last two times. My girlfriend have tried. Girlfriend and I have tried to watch Date Night. Has she fallen asleep or if She falls asleep first and then I fall and then, asleep. Yeah, because so yeah. you're, you're just like, oh, she's like, well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it took us in the same vein three nights to get through The Hobbit, but I think that's a little more. No, I'm I sorry. I do, Not I've, the only Hobbit, seen, I've, the only, I've only seen. I've only seen. Um, the first three Lord of the Rings movies. Right, right, right. I haven't seen any of The Hobbit movies. Well, no, I, I really I, have no interest in watching them whatsoever. Yeah, I we I, I, I misspoke. It was The Fellowship of the Ring, the first one. Okay, that, gotcha. It took us three nights to get through that. But interestingly Those are long-ass movies, dude. Yeah. Did you watch the theatrical cut nah, or the director? Yeah, theatrical, yeah. Okay. It's still three hours long. Dude, I think, like, the, the director's cut is just, like, four hours long. I yeah. think each movie is, like, four hours long. It's just, yeah. like... I really have no interest in going back and watch. I watched those movies. I've only seen those three movies once. Yeah. It was in a theater each time I watched them. I really have no interest in going back and watching them. I, 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 I like But it. I love Peter Jackson's King Kong. I haven't seen it. Uh, dude, it's on fucking Netflix. You should watch it because it's fucking, it's three hours long. Yeah. Because all those movies are three hours long, but it's fucking amazing. I was uh, talking to the owner of our house last weekend. Did you ask him why he didn't message you, email you back about why we couldn't film? No, I think he's, I'm not going (laughs) to speak ill to him. I didn't either, I was just asking the question. (laughs) um, uh, They're doing a Lord of the Rings marathon. In like December or November? November, I think. But then there's going to be one screening of, I guess, he made fan editing seem like this big thing that I have not 
experienced it to be, but he was saying he's seen lots of versions where people have taken all three Hobbit films and edited them down into one film. I've heard of it. And and so he like finally found a four hour version that he said is really good and really follows the book and like in like the pace that it should be. Yeah. And so there's gonna be one. Well, I mean, of The Hobbit is a three hundred page book. Right. It doesn't really need to be three films. No. It could have been one film. Yeah. Basically. But I and I'll two two at max. I'll argue the shit to the end of time that none of this shit would have started had they not split up the last Harry Potter book. Oh, no, yeah, no. None of this would have happened if they didn't split up. That's because the Harry Potter, the Deathly Hollows, they split up that in yeah. two. And then the last Twilight movie, they split up right, into two. Right. And then the uh, Hunger Games, they split up into yeah. two. And, and we're going to do that for the Divergent series, but then that just, like, tweetered out. Yeah, nobody wanted Divergent. No one wanted that shit. And, but then they did it for the, the Hobbit movies. They split yeah. those up into three films. Three. It didn't need to be, dude. It just no. what, what I found amazing was I watched a um, behind-the-scenes of the... the I think it was the second Hobbit movie. And basically Peter Jackson was just like, yeah, we're just like winging this. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's barely a script. Yeah. And, um, we're just, we're, yeah, we're just, and he's just winging it all. He's just like, yeah, do this, do that, do that. And I was just so mesmerized by it because I was just like, this is a dude who should be in total panic mode. Yeah. He's got like too much money at his hands. But he's in control of everything. He's such a veteran that it's like no. no he's big deal. such a fucking veteran of it, and I just have so much respect for Peter Jackson, because first off, that dude was making ten cent movies in New Zealand. Yeah. When he first started out, he was making you know Bad Taste and Brain Dead for no money whatsoever, and then he worked his way to America. He was working for New Line as a writer. Yeah. He actually wrote a draft for a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I still find fascinating. Where mm-hmm. his idea was that um, a uh, it was a cop or a firefighter uh, gets put into a coma, and so he's permanently in the oh. dream world. So he ha- so yeah. he can't wake up, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he's fighting Freddy, and he can't wake up. So his whole idea for the story is trying to get awake huh. from this coma, which I just it's like, why the fuck aren't you doing that movie? Yeah. You know, it's just like that's amazing. That's interesting. Yeah, and then he works his way up through New Line, and then he got the fucking Lord of the Rings movie, you know, and he's just, and then he did that, and then he did King Kong, which I find which uh, that's my I, people are just like King Kong two thousand five is bloated as fuck. I'm like, fuck you, man. That movie is fucking amazing, dude. It's just, I never feel that I am not watching a movie during King Kong. It's just like, it is it's such a fun ride all the way through and it's emotional yeah. as hell. He did The Lovely Bones, which, yeah, I watched it and I was just like, yeah, this movie isn't for me, but whatever. Yeah. And they did The Hobbit, which I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna watch those because that's just not really my wave anymore, yeah. you know? It's like I grew, I watched those movies in a theater and I watch the Lord of the Rings and I'm done with it. I never right. need to watch him anymore. Right. I just wish, I hope he does new shit now, which I hope he kind of goes back to those, like those New Zealand roots right. and does like a small ass fucking movie. That would be cool. But yeah, dude, um, that was, that was a long ass rant about yeah. Peter Jackson. Getting tired, so let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, let's wrap up the uh, latest edition of late light, late night, like and throat nightmares. The tongue twister there with no sponsors say, this episode. Say Hopefully that three somebody times. Will... Hopefully, yeah. uh, Row House kind of gives us some uh, some tickets, uh, please, yeah. <clears throat> or um, I'm a 
Southside Southside Works. Southside yes. Works, yo. Give us give us some money. Uh, hashtag Cleveland Cinemas because that's who pays for Southside Works. Hashtag Cleveland Cinemas, please give us some uh, free yeah. passes to review some movies. We've, I know that you're doing it. you're doing Dawn the Dead 3D at the end of October, so uh, please uh, give us some tickets to that. Hopefully you hear this before that happens. <laughs> I'll post it right now, bitch. But um, yeah, so um. Look out for some uh, new stuff from us. We're always doing uh, edit every damn day yep. on Instagram. I'm two days behind right now, but I gotta p- <clears throat> post that shit. Hey man, we're just being creative at this point. Who cares? Exactly. I'm uh, doing my uh, late night lycanthrope uh, 31 days of uh, Halloween challenge. I'm gonna post a review. Tune into that or catch it on rewind if you have missed it at this point. Definitely, it'll be on my YouTube channel. Just Kyle Martin. Just watch that out. And Alden's always doing his shit. Yep. Posting new shit. Editing new shit. Yep. All the time. Yep. I don't have much to speak of at this point. But <laughs> by the time this comes out, who knows? Just uh, go to my Instagram and see what's happening. Exactly. Alden Roth 2. Let's talk about movies and, and editing and cinematography on Twitter at Alden Roth 2. And, uh, you can find me at uh, Supertramp underscore Kyle on Instagram. And you can... Talk to me about how I suck or how much you like our reviews or our podcast. Definitely talk to us about the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Let us know how to be better. That's what we're here for, you know? And we're always bad at uh, exits. So uh, Yeah, uh, if you've got a movie that we should watch, let us know. Kyle's got a bunch, but... Definitely. We'll probably, uh, in October, since October's coming up, we'll probably do a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Um, Because that's just all I'm watching right now. Yeah. I'm watching Maniac on Netflix, which you should get the fuck on. Yeah. Because everyone, go watch Maniac. Gary Fukunaga, Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, their new limited yeah. series on Netflix. Go watch that shit because I'm in, I'm three episodes in right now and I'm as literally as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm gonna watch the rest of it. Well, there you go. All right, guys, this has been a new edition of Late Night Lycanthrope Nightmares. I'm your co-host Kyle Martin. Kyle Roth. Have a good night, everyone. Oh. Thank you.